Well, welcome to Trapping Radio. Um, we're coming from uh, the Pennsylvania Trappers Convention. Um, and I've got uh, Tommy Bryant here with me out of North Carolina. Tommy catches a shitload of uh, coyotes and beaver and, you know, other stuff we'll be talking about. So, you know, make sure you uh, stay tuned and, you know, you'll hear what Tommy has to say. He, uh, he's got a lot of knowledge, especially for you guys starting out. Um, but uh, we'll introduce our sponsors, uh, F&T um, Trading Post. They got uh, all kinds of different, you know, anything you want for trapping, anything you want for dog hunting uh, or predator calling, they got it all. Um, you can get a hold of them at uh, 989-354-8727, fntpost.com. Uh, Funky's Trap Line Supply, Hilltop uh, Trap Tags, um he uh alan's a good guy he likes to you know uh deal with trappers and uh he's a you know real big dealer down there in iowa and uh he'll definitely take care of uh, all your needs so you know get a hold of him at uh funkytraptags.com then we got uh Oki, uh from out to oklahoma which would make sense wouldn't it and you know i mean it'd be weird if he was called uh miss it miss miss uh whatever and uh he was from oklahoma so um like i always say every week about jeb you know i mean he's like an old time fur buyer he's got trapping supplies he's got meat he's got glands um you know he's got a little bit of everything and uh you know he doesn't have a junkyard but uh he'd like to have one you know so if you need any weirdo stuff jeb is the guy to call so um then you got dunlap lures and uh i just always say you know appreciate everybody that's you know uses our product and you know um you know if it wasn't for all of you guys out there using my stuff i you know my skill set would be working at mcdonald's and you know you don't want to go to that mcdonald's because that would not be good so so i do really really appreciate everybody that handles our stuff and buys our t-shirts and you know keeps us doing this because uh you know, nobody bought nothing. We we ain't we ain't got the money to get to the convention. So, anyways, uh, welcome Tommy, and I really appreciate you doing this. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you're from North Carolina. I am born, uh, born and raised there. Born and raised. I actually live within a hundred yards of of where I was born at. So I'm hmm. still on the family farm. Uh, everybody's, all my parents, grandparents, everybody's gone. So it's just uh, me taking over the land now. Huh. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it worked out. Um, so you know that ground really good. I do know that ground really good. I, I mean, from I was seven or eight years old riding my bicycle up and down the roads, fishing at the bridges and the creeks and uh, running around in the tobacco fields all the way up to I got a four-wheeler when I was 13 and riding around shooting stuff I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that 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 tends to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, when you turn a fourteen year old loose with a with a twenty two rifle and a and a four wheeler and a full box of ammo, <laughs> a full box of ammo. You know, we were buying the the bricks of twenty two bullets, and uh, it's like my allowance every week was another brick of five hundred and fifty rounds. <laughs> <laughs> and some shit's gonna pay. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the probably the what stopped all that was my. Um, my dad had a friend, and we went over there, and me and his butt, his, my friend, 
my dad's friend's son, we went out with a 22 and we thought it was okay to shoot a bunch of little sparrows and robins and everything else. And we had our little vest on and we come back and they had all been drinking and they were pretty pissed off because we killed all those birds. And <laughs> my dad's friend says, uh, if you, if you kill it, you're going to eat it. So we sat out there plucking Tweety birds for two and a half hours <laughs> And uh, uh, naturally, I mean, they didn't make us eat it, but they they taught us a pretty good lesson about uh, you don't you don't go out there and kill something you're not going to eat or not going to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's what my dad did. He took me and my brothers on a canoe trip up this way desolate river. And oh yeah, you guys can shoot everything you want going up this river. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't legal. I mean, we're shooting red wing blackbirds and. He's, I mean, I couldn't. We were like shocked. He's letting us gun all this stuff down. We got up to where we were going to camp way up this river. You know, and uh, he made us eat. We had to do the same thing, pluck them, and we. But he, and it was no salt, no nothing, oh over, on a on a willow stick. Uh, we didn't even have a frying pan. You don't forget that. No. <laughs> so I ain't shot a, a black wing blackbird or red wing blackbird since. Same the, here. Yeah. Thank God we didn't shoot a green heron. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still be there eating. It. <laughs> Tastes like frogs and fish. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, we we had some good times growing up. Um you know, it didn't I started out as a hunter. I didn't start out as a trapper. Uh nobody in my family hunted or trapped. Uh my dad through some friends I, I got into hunting when I was in about 10 or 11 years old uh shooting bb guns and stuff and kind of escalated from there and they didn't ever tell me i couldn't do it they just uh, never were there to really push me to do it um started into hunting when i was early on and you know with hunting comes bag limits and restrictions mm-hmm. and uh we butted heads with a game warden a few times because i wanted to kill what I wanted to kill and the law didn't want me to kill. <laughs> so, uh, so we had some run-ins in the early days, but, uh, it actually ended up being great because one of the game wardens that, um, I'll just say he pursued me pretty hard. Uh, he actually got me into trapping. Hmm. Um, so he was a, a little trapper and he didn't do a whole lot, but he did a little bit and he showed me the ropes and I remember the first year I did beaver, uh, I thought I was something. I showed up with seven beaver that I'd fleshed and stretched out, and they looked like a starfish and had chunks of hair missing out of them. And, you know, all the guys laughed at me when I walked in, but they didn't they didn't embarrass me to the point that I didn't do it anymore. They kind of, they said, here, look, this is how we're going to do it. So I showed up, and they, they showed me a lot. So uh, thankful for the, the game wards in that aspect for, for kind of, well, Not you, only did they stop me, but they taught me. Well, you had an edge on all them because now that's how they look when they're doing them for pound, you know. <laughs> for the, for the you're exactly there. right. It's funny how all that circles back around. Yeah, you were just ahead of the curve. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> says, "Well, you gotta, you gotta put them up like a starfish. You don't have to put a whole lot of time into them because they're going to the hatter market and they're sold by the pound." I was like, "You know what? I don't have a problem doing that." But everybody else tells me, "says I just can't put them up like that. I gotta put all them excess." I said, "Not me. No, no. <laughs> I grew up differently." No. If I only had to put one nail in the middle, I'm good with that. <laughs> I tell everybody now, they said, uh, how many uh, rings or nails you put in? I said, every one of them gets 16. I don't care if he weighed 10 pounds or he weighed 70 pounds. <laughs> it's know. 16 nails or 16 uh, <laughs> hooks. That was all they're getting. But uh, just definitely sp- speeded up the process. Yeah, it's just a different market. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy how it went full circle. It seems like everything I get into goes to crap. So I'm finally glad to see something cycle back around to where I can make money doing it. Yeah, we'll take advantage of it. <laughs> it'll be it will circle back to crap. Yeah, it, you know I started out with the beaver. Beaver were bringing good. A uh, year and a half into that, they kind of backed up. I mean, it won't. It was better than what it has been the last few years, but. Uh, then I started into pounding otter pretty hard. Uh, first year I really targeted otter was the, I think it was 2004, uh, maybe, that I really went after them. And I caught 40 maybe that year, 30 or 40. And they sold great. I mean, they were $175, $180 averages mm-hmm. on some of those, you know, better put up ones. Uh, I did get one for like 255 I think, was the mm-hmm. highest I ever sold one for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was in NAFA. The next year, I stopped doing my live market. I stopped doing beaver. I mean, I did beaver because you naturally catch them. And, and I pounded the otter pretty hard, and I more than doubled what I caught and uh, sent them to NAFA. I already planned to to buy a new vehicle and all this stuff. <laughs> and and uh, four years later, I was still waiting for money. <laughs> and still waiting. <laughs> still waiting. Uh, luckily, I, I sold mine. I think they went for about twenty-five bucks on average mm-hmm. uh, when they did sell. So it was so, a little bit less than though when you were going to buy the truck. <laughs> exactly right, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, and of course, the truck had been up, went up in price since then. So it was a lose lose. So now you got to catch more. Now I got to catch more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it soon, you know, jumped in out of that back into the live market side. Um, North Carolina, we've never did a lot with fur market on the the canine side as far as money wise. So I figured if I was going to be a trapper and I was going to make this work, I had I needed to make money doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we hammered the the live market. It's a little hard to get into it at, when you're first starting off. Nobody wants to tell you any information, who to sell to, and stuff like that. It's kind of a hush mouth. And now I'm the same way. You know, I get to my age, and everybody's like how about this or how about that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, kind of keep it to myself. Yeah. There's no information you're going to give out. That's not going to cut your own throat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't mind helping people, but I'm not going to do all the work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, or cut your own throat. Doing <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But then, then it kind of jumped into the turtles. Newt was coming down buying turtles. Um, I was like, man, I'm going to get rich doing this. The turtle market was up. I think we bought, we sold turtles for three or three fifty a pound for some of those female turtles. Uh, males were going for like two and a quarter, two seventy five a pound. I mean, and you go out and you catch. We were allowed ten turtles per day, and you catch ten male turtles at thirty pounds, three hundred pounds of turtles, and you're getting almost three dollars a pound. That's almost nine hundred dollars a day. Hmm. You couldn't tell me nothing. No. Um, and then I went out and bought all these nets. I spent all the money I made the first year, bought all these nets, bought a new boat. I'm going to hit it hard. And then it crashed. Mm. So here I was left again holding uh, holding a bill with no money to pay it. Mm. <laughs> um, but it, it's, I'm starting to wonder if you're the – were you trying to trap <laughs> coon? Is that what the problem with this market? <laughs> Luckily, knock on wood, I've never really targeted coon yeah, hard. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't need to bring that, bring that black cloud in. No. Um, but it it definitely uh, it definitely has been the the worst end of deals every time I get started in something. So I was glad to see the beaver come back around. Yeah. 
Now I'm hoping it kind of goes in order. It's the beaver, and then it's the otter, mm-hmm. uh, and then the turtles again. But I you could never see. Know. I could see. I mean, you know, I don't know anything any more than anybody else. But I mean, I could see where the otter would pop up here at some point. I mean, they've been creeping up, and you know, it, it, it's it's not like raccoons or or beaver where they're you know yeah. you can go out and kill a whole bunch of them. Most like all the northern states pretty much uh, have a limit of you know like three to five one you know so. yeah it, i i couldn't believe it and i know i've heard clint say it a lot of times they why don't you trap in their state and he says because you have restrictions i go to a state that doesn't yeah. luckily i'm in a state that we have no restrictions yeah. um it uh it would definitely hindered what i tried to do uh growing up and, and and getting into the industry but i would love to see otters come back i don't want to see them come back to the hundred dollar average um, I know a lot of people are thinking that, but the competition that was there, the yeah. amount of people that were doing it, the stolen traps, the the ground. We've had it lucky the last several years with the beaver and the otter. You kind of pick up whatever ground you want yeah. um, if you wanted to continue to do it for a lower price. And I was just – I feel like trapping's my thing. I, I haven't hunted in many years now. Um, I just trap, whether it's turtles in the summer – beaver work in the summer and then i mean my i'm lucky enough that our season in the state that i go to rich that's rich fowler's vehicle (laughs) (laughs) rich rich your wife's having trouble turning off her car (laughs) (laughs) she's trying to ever she can rich fowler's Taylor's wife's climbing over into the driver's seat, trying to turn it off. And she's still not getting it. This is a trapping convention. Now she's made it worse. <laughs> she's shaking her head. We should be shooting a video of this. There it goes. It's in success. <laughs> this newfound technology. Uh, but yeah, it... um. She still looks befuddled over there. <laughs> she can't have, having a hard time opening the door. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, you know, start with the live market stuff in a certain state. And um, as of September 1st, so I'm September 1st. And then Beaver in my state ends at the end of March. So I've only got a few down down months. And then it's, it's back to the drawing board. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely always something to do. I don't think I could do one species all year uh, like some people do i would just get burnt out on it so i kind of jump around i'll hammer something hard for a couple months and i'll jump into something else for three or four weeks and i'll, I'll go back to something else that's that's how i like to trap is you know um, i don't want to go trap coyotes for six months you know i like to start in the beginning trapping coyotes switch back over halfway through trapping coyotes you know maybe trap coon or muskrats in between I don't really care what it is. I just like to bust it up and have yep. some, like you say, something, something different. I think it makes you more efficient, more your drive is better for whatever you're going after because you know how it is. You get to setting a lot of traps, and the, at the beginning of a trap line, you're catching a lot of animals. Well, towards the end of that trap line, you're not catching a lot. Your drive kind of goes away. Um, your excitement for checking those traps kind of goes away a little bit. And then you're like, I want to set some new stuff. Uh, so we try to do that, but... It's just only so long you can run. A person can run. Uh, there's there's some people out there that I just don't know how to do it. People like Phil Brown and stuff. They 
I mean, it's just nonstop canines all year when he's doing it. And my hat's off to those guys that can do it. I just, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not not what I. I mean, not not what I would. My, that was not my ideal trapping situation. Like, uh, I guess if I had to trap one thing, it would be. I don't know. Probably I, I was gonna say beaver, but then I thought I gotta carry all them damn things up. <laughs> I would say weasels. <laughs> weasels. <laughs> Weasel, because the they're small. Thing. I put them in my pocket. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, it. Um, if you break the tails off, it's really not a big deal. You got a dollar, you know. <laughs> whether you whether probably, he's got a tail or not, it's still yeah, up, you probably but. can put it on a key ring and sell it to somebody. <laughs> you know? So I would say I would just pick weasels. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm sure we got weasels where we're at. I've heard of a few of them, but it's like mink. We don't have enough to target. Um, but I, I go where the money's at. It's just I know a lot of people say I don't trap for money, but. If you're gonna trap full time year round, you got to have money to operate on. Yeah. Um. So I, I kind of stay with what the money is, and plus, I think I, try. I, I think people get confused. It's like you're going out, you know, um, doing multiple trapping things throughout the year, live market, where there's money in your area to be made on what you're doing. You know, in some of the areas they don't have that opportunity. You know, like no. you know, say Ohio, they don't have a live market. I don't think, and. Uh, you know they don't have that opportunity so you know that that you know they, that's when you know the people start saying well you know if you're not trapping just because you love it you're doing it for the wrong reason but they don't have the opportunity and you know um i just my thing is is you know i never made any money chasing women <laughs> but i went and did it anyway yeah, you're, you're right, right. And, and it cost me Way more than ever trapping ever cost me. Exactly. And I guarantee all the guys right now are shaking their head yes. <laughs> Guaranteed. You, know, you never made a dime chasing women. Guaranteed. Uh, yeah. It's... And if they say they did, they're lying. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, I get that a lot. I get a lot of people, uh, especially with Facebook the way it is and the way they um, they perceive whatever they do in their area as the only thing that can be done you see it with regulations people post about why you know they put a set out there or whatever and the first 30 people that comment on it are going to say oh that's illegal well it might not be illegal in that person's state um same way with the live market you know people say you should never be able to trap fur no season should ever come in before november 15th or december 1st because the fur isn't prime well not everybody traps for fur mm -hmm. you know some of it's damage control some of it's live market um you, you never know what they're trapping for so people need to be mindful of what yeah and if, you know i mean uh if you live in uh say you know southern southern iowa your weather is a little bit different than in northern north dakota northern minnesota you know stuff like that i mean it's like the up of michigan i mean I, i've seen a couple years ago where our season was starts october 15th and there was, I think it was four or six foot of snow them guys got, you know, like on the 20th of October. So they had five days of season. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I talk to people like Swanson all the time, and he says he's got a, a few weeks at the beginning of the season and a few weeks at the end of the season to pound beaver. I'm like, I just couldn't do and it. And then build up your energy in between. Yeah, it's like I'd be 750 pounds and wouldn't be able to walk by the time the next season got yeah. there. I just, I couldn't do it. But, yeah, so, and I get that when, when people – uh, they'll come up to me and 
I'll post pictures in October or September or whatever with, with some animals I caught. And on the beach. On the beach, yeah. <laughs> in the sand. Uh, the Sandman is what a lot yeah. of people call me. Uh, but, you know, I'll post and you those. tried to switch that over onto me, but it didn't work. <laughs> I did. I did. I seen some of them sandy flats y'all were working on in Michigan. I'm like, oh, yeah, who's the Sandman now? <laughs> Uh, but nice, yeah. nice try though. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll post those pictures and people send me messages and man, that's wrong to be trapping those animals this time of year, this and that. Like, you know, they're, they're going live. They're not going dead. Um, so it doesn't matter what the pelt's like. And for me, I like to trap the dumb ones, the, mm -hmm. those pups, you know, from about August 1st, there's no more new coyotes being born until the next year. So yeah. whatever your population is, from the first day of season, it's constantly getting smaller as you go. Yep. So whether it's hit by a car, or shot with a gun, or trapped by some trapper, the population's always dropping. So I try to hit it as hard as I can, as early as I can. Yep. Yeah, I've I've always made the most on coyotes on the early dump, you know, pups. Oh yeah. You know, um, you know like our season opens October fifteenth. They're still together, you know, and they got a different mindset mm -hmm. up till like the first part of November at our place. But after gun season, when the gun deer season up there, every coyote in the woods is 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 a coyote. Yep. There's a mental change during that period, and I don't know if it's just gun season or if that's when their age, you know, comes to. I don't know what, but when you go back to trapping them after gun season, there ain't no more dumb ones. Exactly. Um, I noticed that with us too. Um, I try to hit it hard in October. Our season comes in depends on what county you're in. It could come in at middle of October or the middle of November. But you're right, about about the time the gun season really starts pounding on them around November and you get these gut piles everywhere, they change. Um, they're not, you know, a, a, a pup coyote pays the same as an adult coyote to me. Um, and a lot of places, the pup coyotes have better fur if you're trapping fur side, as long as it's, you know, primed up a little bit. Um, they'll have, they won't be rubbed up as bad and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely a plus to get out early. And you got more animals. Uh, but... The more animals is always a benefit. Exactly. You know, I can't, for what I do, I can't go out there and ch chase every single coyote. I, you know, I'm trapping numbers of coyotes. So the bigger the population, the better off I am. And um, it's just the way it is. But like you said, January, once the breeding season starts with us, uh, they are a different coyote. I, I change my stuff up totally on how I trap them. And it's it's part of what's made me successful later in the season. Um, if I will say, if you're going around punching dirt holes in all year long, and that's all you're doing is dirt holes, you're going to have a rude awakening uh, as the season goes. Yep. The further the season gets in, the, the worse it's going to get on you. So yep. doesn't hurt to go to these schools and, and learn a little bit. Um, there's some great teachers across the country. Uh, I'd love to go to all of them because you might not, revamp your whole line but yep. if you pick up a trick two here or there it uh it definitely can help you out in the long run yeah because that's why you know my thing is uh i just looking i'm not looking to like you said revamp my whole line or my whole strategy uh i'm always looking for just one little thing that makes my life easier or makes me a little bit better you know i'm not looking for a whole new system yeah you know and then then you get to the point that you get to go to conventions or uh, see demos and get picked on non-stop about your accent no matter where you go yep you're uh, talking about that mennonite kid <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> 
That was funny though. Um, Haggerty, we need you as a uh, we need you as an interpreter. Yeah, yeah. It was funny yesterday. We were standing in the building, and Tommy was talking to uh, this Mennonite kid with a real strong accent, and we're just looking at him. I was like, "Oh my God, these guys should do their own podcast, uh, comedies." Get. I, I couldn't understand half of what he said. It was he understood you just fine. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. But uh, uh, Jeff had this look on his face, like, "Huh? All right, what did he say?" I like to aggravate him. <laughs> oh me, yeah, it's. I always, I always ask him, you know, did you run off with that guy's wife? <laughs> They're like, "No." Are you sure? <laughs> and I was asking the one Mennonite kid yesterday. I said. Uh, you think you could kick that Amish kid's ass over there? <laughs> what was his response? I remember it. He said, it was, we're not supposed to fight, but I could kick his ass. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, we're not supposed to. And we're not happens. supposed to drink beer either, but sometimes it just happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was He was pretty funny with that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, trapping is, is a game that you have to play. You have to learn it. Um and the harder you, people ask me a lot about how do you catch this, how do you catch that. There's not a true secret. There's not this one item that you're going to go out there and, and do, and it's going to all of a sudden make you catch a bunch of stuff. Um, it's just it's hard work. It's it's going out there and putting a lot of sets in uh, to catch a lot of animals. It, it doesn't happen with one or two. Or if you're a person running 30 traps a day and you're running a week here and taking off a week and then a week there you're not going to catch the big numbers that the guy that's running 100 to 150 traps. I mean, that's been said many of times, but people don't truly believe it until you really get out there in it and your paycheck depends on it. Yeah. You know? I tried to go up to the dealership one time and, and take a few furs and see if they would uh, go ahead and take that as payment, and they kind of looked at me funny. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not doing that. No, that's too many furs. I had them in the back of my truck when they were going in for a service. And uh, I said, look, instead of uh, paying my payment this month, can I unload a few of these on you? Like, we don't want them. <laughs> Just called them antis. <laughs> <laughs> I would I had to put sugar in my tank or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely. I, uh, I definitely wish we had, like, the live market up in Michigan and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it gives you opportunity, you know, but... Uh, it would be so controversial up there because people don't understand that, you know, you're taking care of the animals and, you know, they're not being abused and, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of times trappers are their own worst enemy, you know, and, uh, you know, you, the problem is you get the guys that show, you know, where they put a bunch of coyotes in a, in a pen, take a picture, and you got, you know, t 14 coyote faces mm -hmm. looking at you. You know, and the, and people don't understand that you know it's just a transport. You're not stored like that. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's there's misconceptions on how it all is because the thing is, is you're doing it for a living. You want you're doing everything you can to make that that coyote comfortable and make sure he lives and everything's healed and you know because a dead coyote is worth zero in North Carolina. Exactly, exactly. And the misconception is the biggest thing. A lot of people say the live market, oh, that's cruel. You're putting them in a fox pen. You're running them with dogs. Well, yes, they're putting them in a pen, but the pen might be 1,000 acres or 800 acres. And they're putting a certain amount of coyotes in this pen. It's not. They're not putting 3,000 coyotes in this pen. They're putting 300 coyotes in this mm -hmm. pen. 
they're feeding them every day. They get shots. Um, they get all, whatever they need to take care of. And some of these coyotes might get ran once a month, mm-hmm. you know, and they put most of it is dog training. They don't, a lot of people think they go in there and, and when they have a quote hunt is what they call it. They think they're going in there and shooting these coyotes. And, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, they actually, there are no guns allowed in there, period. Mm-hmm. They go in there and chase them with dogs. They put a number on the side of the dog. They have judges throughout the pen that judge them on a, a point system on whether they're chasing or sight hunting or I don't know the all how they grade them, but it's a point system based off of that. And at the end of this hunt, it might be a day hunt or a two-day hunt or whatever, a four-hour hunt. At the end of this thing, they, they score everybody. Nobody knows whose dog's what. They just The judges got a number they went by. Mm-hmm. Dog 743 has 25 points on my card. Mm-hmm. You know, and they add all them up, and whoever's got the most points at the end of the hunt, mm-hmm. they're the one who win. I mean, they, I've seen hunts where they give out a truck. Because uh, if the do- if the dog catches the coyote, does don't they have to pay for the coyote? And- they they don't have. I don't. Some pens are different, but if the dog catches the coyotes, they have what they call um, uh, bay handlers within the pen on side by sides. If they hear the dogs make a different sound, a unique sound when they bay up, they'll be in one area mm-hmm. not moving, and the coyote will fend that dog off for a pretty good while. I've seen them lay on hot fences and. Uh, the dogs wouldn't bite the coyote because the coyote knew that it was going to be electrified if it did. And the coyote, you see the coyote twins on the electric fence, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But the handler will get there and take a, um, a catch bowl and, and remove that coyote into a cage and take him to the center of the pen where there's usually a couple of acres fenced in um, where they put those coyotes. It's mm-hmm. a holding pen. Mm-hmm. And they put them in there until the hunt's over, and then they let them back out mm-hmm. to do whatever they need to do. Um, but, so I mean, you know... Uh, I don't know. It sounds like a pretty good life to me. It is. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> feeds me, yeah. lets me runs around in a pen. And it, it, it's better. I mean, we put people in prisons. They ain't got that much freedom. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And these, and these uh, hound, I mean, these pen owners, they don't want to see the coyote die. Cause then they got to go out and then buy they got to buy another one. You <laughs> yeah. know, it, it, it's a, it's a money game for them and people turn it into a barbaric sport. Do things happen? Yes. Do things happen in the wild? Yes. It, it can happen. But um, they do their best not to, and it takes the coyote out of our population, which is going to be a serious problem if they do away with our pens because, unlike northern states, we have no fur market. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know for a fact for me, if if, a live market wasn't a thing in North Carolina, the only coyotes I would trap was if people paid me to trap them. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trap them for fun. No. They're, They're hard to deal with. They're... The the facility that you have to hold them in is is pretty tough, um, so we got a lot of time and effort in that, and it's not it's not as hard as fur trapping because you don't have to put the animal up, but you still have to give it shots. You still have to hold it in a pen, take care of it, make sure it has no nicks and cuts on its feet when you sell it. Uh, that's mainly the reason why I run a one and a half soft catch. Uh, I get pounded for that hard all the time. The little mm-hmm. baby traps, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but. I've got fox and coyotes, and live market's my thing, and I do not want any damage on any of them. So that's what I run. Do I miss some coyotes? Absolutely. I have people call me all the time and say, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to catch me some coyotes this year, but I see you running one and a half. You know, Do you like that better? Do I like it better for what I do? Yes. If I didn't have a live market for fox and coyotes, I probably wouldn't run that trap. No. You know, it's not like I'm going to Minnesota and I'm going to be running a one and a half soft catch. 
or no. you know wherever you I'm probably going. didn't run them in North North Dakota. I did them. not. I did take a handful of them in North Dakota uh, just to set, and I caught a couple coyotes on the one and a half there just so when the people got on Facebook and said, yeah, you like that one and a half so much, but I see you went to North Dakota and you ran 650s everywhere out there. I was like, well, no, actually I did. I caught one and a one and I caught two and a one and a half while I was out there. Isn't so. it too bad that, you, you know, the, the, as small as our community is that you have to do that? It is terrible. And you find yourself fighting each other more than you're fighting the people who are really against you. Um, I know just from being in the trappers association stuff you know going to the conventions there's a lot of people that don't like other people for various reasons and some of it's trapping just because they see somebody successful they want to bash them and it's like that in your home area too you know whether it's your state uh, uh, that's went back a long way because uh somebody important one time said uh, a prophet has no honor in his own hometown <laughs> that's right that's right and that's held true for two thousand years <laughs> exactly uh you're exactly right it's it's like that um some people don't get me wrong some people are great they they're always wanting to chit chat with you um i learn from people all the time uh anybody can learn from anybody um if you go to a, a show somewhere or a convention or somewhere nine times out of ten you're going to see me sitting on a demo area mm-hmm. looking watching somebody do a demo and they're like why are you watching this person doing a beaver demo or why are you do- watching a person doing this coyote demo i'm like i don't know everything this person probably mm-hmm. knows something that i don't um and you can always learn so I-, I always try to take in as much information as possible that's why i try to go to as many conventions as i can at different areas because you see how different people trap yeah yeah, yeah. I caught the end of Boom Boom Nelson's demo with Neil Olson yesterday. <laughs> I um I didn't know he was doing one. Um, I was chit chatting in another building, and I come out, and he come walking by, and he says, "I guess you know everything." I said, uh, "Why are you telling your lure?" I didn't know what he was talking about. He says, uh, "I said, why are you telling your lure bag around?" He said, "Cause I just did a demo." I said, "Well, I didn't know that." And he said, yeah, me and Neil Olson did one together. I said, well, Darren, if I'd have known that, I'd have went and saw Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Brian's a great trapper. Uh, yeah. You know, they do a great school, too. And, and like I said, there's there's so many of them out there. Don't bash one school because no. that particular person you don't like or whatever. You can learn from anybody. Every right. school is out there to teach. Right. They're not out there to just take your money and not give you any information they're, no. they're showing you stuff yeah. um so yeah. i think uh entertainment wise if you take if you just took the schooling out of it entertainment wise the school i would that i personally would go to would be the matt jones yes you know matt is a good storyteller charismatic you know um, you know, I think uh, that you know, t- take trapping out of it, just ride along to listen to the shit. Ain't that the you truth? The, the stories that could get told. And, uh, Matt's got, and he's got, got dirt of... on everybody. <laughs> exactly. It's like he's always figured out a way to to, to get something over on somebody and, and, and hold it in his back pocket. It's like a bunch of co- playing cards. You know, uh, he's just waiting for the right day to throw it out there and embarrass the living snot out of you. <laughs> but yeah, Matt's a, a great guy. I've, I've kept up with his videos all the way back i mean clint's the same way uh wayne Derek. i mean there's some great trappers yep. out there willing to give information go go soak it up yeah um be a sponge don't don't be that person that catches 20 coyotes and thinks that they know everything and comments on every post and uh 
and does that all. Uh-oh. We got trouble coming yeah. up. Well, yeah, she couldn't stand it. Here comes Sarah. What's happening? Can yeah. Tell me? We're recording. <laughs> We're recording. You got anything you'd like to say? No, you're not. Yeah, I am. <laughs> We're about 30 some minutes into it. Yep. That's all you've been talking? Yep. Well, we had to sit out here and talk about what we were going to talk about. <laughs> uh -huh. Come up with a game plan. Uh -huh. <laughs> we were just talking about schools. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, great schools out there. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, you don't do the, you and Clint don't do a school together anymore, right? No. Okay. I, I know no. you used to. Yeah. Yeah, we did one for two years, and last year we um, had a. It, we went and got such a nice place that we only could get a couple students signed up, and we started seeing, you know, that it was going to be cost us a bunch of money, and in the, you know, we're just, you know, when basically when the coyote prices dropped out, that was, you know, the end. Of it. And you see in uh, pictures of other schools, you know, I mean, they all always say they're filled up, but you know, um, you know, they're, you know lacking numbers too and you know, I just say hey we, you know we didn't fill the school couldn't yeah. fill the school and um you know we didn't want to you know spend a thousand dollars you know so what I did was the people who were signed up I gave them the option you know if you want to come out for half price you know because Clint ain't gonna be here I'll, I'll drive you around and you know and uh you know we'll do you know private instructions yeah. and uh you know, if it wasn't for that, if they'd have been paying five times that much, I wouldn't have done it. You know, yeah, it's just it's not my it's not really my thing. Yeah, and I guess it's it's just hard to justify paying that kind of money to go to schools when fur prices are down the way they are. Uh, people, you know, you got your risk versus your reward, um, and a lot of them are. I know a lot of people say the Midwestern, like uh, Matt and them schools in Kentucky, it's in Western Kentucky, and it's like the east coast way is like a lot of people think if you're on the east like they're really the east like north carolina the, the coastal uh plus states that's not really east to us that's mm. that's west to us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so the the eastern school i think the population of people uh would help out if, if people started doing it. i know chappie's got his coming up at the uh end of september that me you haggerty sarah and I mean, like I said, uh, you know, mats for entertainment purposes oh, is yeah. the best. But I think dollar-wise, Chappie's you yeah, know, is, exactly. the, is the best because I I don't even know what he charges because I didn't, I can't remember. I, I think it's four or five hundred bucks. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, and you you know, your instructor there, Haggerty. I can't wait to get you two guys together because you guys are about <laughs> about equally on the you know uh, quickness on the ragging on you know. I'm just hoping that I'm not like in the center of attention. This <laughs> is not going to be the joke the whole no, time. No, no. We'll have to, not that I'd have any choice, but uh, we'd almost have to invite somebody else just so we can all pick on that same person. Chappie. <laughs> there you go. Don't anybody tell Chappie he's the target. <laughs> the object is to see if we can make him cry. <laughs> and, big oh. cro and it has to be big crocodile tear. Yeah, it can't be the little, the, the no, small ones. No, no. <laughs> But yeah, it's um so the schools I wanted to go to Nelson's. Um and the problem with some people is it's during trapping season, which is to me the best schools uh that are that are right around trapping season, right in before, right after, uh, because you're getting the animals at that element. You're not, you know, July out there trying to catch coyotes or show somebody to catch you can only show them so much from a 
from a field non field standpoint. You know, yeah. you go out in the field, you can you can show people a lot. And uh, but yeah, Western. Some of them schools were a long ways. I looked them up. They were 18, 20 hours from me, and I live in the central central part yeah. of North Carolina. Yeah. Um. So it's tough, but I get it. So that's why these these shows are pretty good. You know, you can go to different trapping shows and see somebody do a demo and pick up something and then go by and buy all your supplies and don't have to pay for shipping so it's kind of a win-win situation yep but i I truly enjoy them and especially like with the with the mat you're talking about the the funny part of it the the laughs and the the giving each other a hard time that would that would definitely top a lot of them i know like matt matt and brian school um I almost would pay fourteen hundred bucks to see Matt rag on Brian for two days. I said I don't I don't care about any of the rest of it. I just want to ride along and see uh, you know you torture Brian for three days. And Brian tries to give it back, but I tell you, boy, it, it's hard to give it back somebody that don't care. Exactly, <laughs> and he doesn't. And uh, but, yeah. they're, but they're both good guys, and you know, I mean, Brian doesn't have to take a back seat to anybody on traveling, you know, but. You know, he's he still ain't Matt Jones. You know? Yeah, yeah. It uh, it definitely, it's definitely a, a star status there. Yeah, and because uh, Matt, because if you take trapping out of it and just told Matt's life story. Oh, that that know, that right I mean, there is just. <laughs> let me have a week of that. Yeah, just listen yeah, to the stories. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it could get interesting, and um, you know, Brian has been putting these memes on there. Uh, with me and some other people and we had that war a year ago and and i messed up and put matt in them with it and i got unfriended for a year <laughs> so uh matt's just come around to liking me a, a little bit anyway he sent you a friend request yeah back. yeah he did uh so I was, I was proud i was like man i watched all those videos from the time i started trapping all the way up and now i got unfriended yeah he don't he don't screw around on facebook i mean like i'll see somebody post something and they're gone exactly <laughs> He, so yeah, he's, he, still don't know what I actually did, but I, I'm assuming it might have been the memes that we were going back. I, I think when you put him in the broke back mountain <laughs> thing with uh, Brian, <laughs> that might have been it. But that's why I told everybody. They said, "Oh, we're going to start this again." I said, "Nope, not me. I'm not getting suckered into this no, one because if I can't use the real ammunition, I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to exactly, exactly." But uh, but so we'll see how that goes. But we have a good time on Facebook. I don't take anything personal. Uh, what, what people post and and bash me I, I don't know how you guys do it with the uh the comments on facebook we were talking about that last night it just i think it would eventually get under my skin with with the anti stuff and uh and the, the antis uh once in a while will irritate me from having a bad day or something but it's it's generally the ones that uh is the trappers are you know worse you know i mean when yeah. They got a usually if they attack you, it's um, they got a friend that's a lure dealer or a supply dealer that doesn't like you, and so that they're on that bandwagon. You know, I mean, you know, one one guy goes around bashing every time my products mentioned he would go and bash my product, and mm. uh, now I see I seen him. He started saying, "I'll never use that predator control group. It's always been junk." You know, and yeah. if you go back on his post, he was using it before. You exactly. know, and that's just, uh, you know, that's just the that's just the way social media is. People are more hateful these days, and you know, it's just kind of transcended into that. 
But, you know, you get to the booth and everybody's nice. Nobody comes up and has any rotten shit to say to your face. You exactly. Know? It's all on Facebook. Yeah. I, I see that. We used to call them telephone tough guys. <laughs> no. I guess they're Facebook tough guys. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I see that a lot. I, there's nobody that I dislike in the trapping community, um, especially when it comes to these shows. These these people are putting on an effort to come out and, yep. and sell their product, and they're trying to make a living doing it. They're not out there screwing anybody over. Um, I've personally, since I've been into the, the live market side, I, I have the luxury of handling live coyotes um, almost year-round, um, pretty much year-round at, at some point. And you know, testing baits and lures and, and seeing the different stuff that's out there. And, and most of these reputable dealers, if they're still in these buildings year after year after year, it's because they have a good product. It's, yep. it's because yep. it worked for people. Uh, it might not everything work in your area that somebody makes, but they, they put out good products. They know what they're yep. doing. Yep. Yep. And, um, and, if, and if I, I have something that, that I really like that I get, um, I don't, I don't take free stuff. I mean, I have been sent some free stuff, but if you see me post something on Facebook and I'm giving a shout out to somebody's stuff, it's because I bought it. Mm -hmm. I bought it and tried it. Your stuff, yep. you know, same way. Yep. Uh, people just thought I, I got a bunch of free stuff and it wasn't the case. You know, I, I bought what I had. Um, and then you sent me a, a couple of things to try with it, but it, um, it's that, some good that, stuff. that was Sarah. That was Sarah. <laughs> uh, you don't give out the free stuff, just Sarah. Yeah. And, uh, yep. but yeah. yeah. Uh, my thing is, is I never ever would have a problem with giving trappers of something free, but you know, like you don't want you you basically I don't want to go out and give free stuff, and then it looks like you're buying that person to you know they yeah. feel obligated. It, you know, if you just keep it all above board. You know, um, you know, I mean, I donate stuff to you know lots of stuff, lures and stuff to the conventions and stuff and. You know, but that's different. But to just go out and start handing out lures and, you know, throwing it all around the country, you know, and, you know, I never, I don't do that with the testing, you know, where I send it out to 20 people and they test it for me. I, I do it all myself, you know, and, you know, and I don't, you know, want them obligated to, you know, be like, hire. I always looked at like the pro staff when they say pro staff, them are like, you know, call them what they are, hired liars. Yeah. You know, I mean. Because if you want more free stuff, you better t give a good review. Exactly, you know? exactly. And that's what I don't want to get into. You know, if something, something doesn't work, I'm not going to use it again. I'm not going to push the product. Um, if it does work, I'll give them a shout-out. I mean, there, there's some great lure makers out there. There's some great yep. stuff. And don't get wrapped up in using the same thing, one item year after year. Even within your stuff, yep. you have different products yep. that you can use. Yep. You don't have to use the same if... I'm not, I'm not knocking on Soul Taker, but if you use Soul Taker 10 years in a row yep. and that's the only thing you're using, maybe switch it up. Maybe yep. get something else that, yep. that Jeff sells or something Sarah sells or something. Because there's always coyotes are different. Um, I've seen coyotes when I make sets with certain baits. I'm not going to mention them. I'll never tell anybody what they are. But there's certain stuff out there that I've I've tried. The coyote got within six feet of the hole and turned around and went the other way. Ran. Yeah. Uh, just didn't want to mess with it. Uh but then you get some that will go up and roll on it. Some of them will do different things with it. So it just kind of be mindful when you're out there buying stuff. And and uh, yeah, like you said earlier, you know, if you you know the guys that are there year after year, you know, it's like you know Paul Dobbins is set up across from me. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I want somebody to come over and buy my stuff. You know, but you know what? If I was out of Beaver Lure, 
Paul Dobbins over at the backbreaker, that would be where I, w- I would walk yeah. him right over there and feel comfortable saying this is a good product. Exactly. You know, and, and Mike down at Beaver, you know, I've never used his, his lure, but, you know, lots of people yep. review it that I trust that use Mike's stuff. I would feel comfortable if I was out of Big Pile. I would just, you know, recommend that you ordered it from F&T but, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if they had to have it right now, I would walk them down to Mike at, yeah. uh, you know, and a lot of these big names are sold in F and T. You know, yep. you know, you can you can get them right there. You don't have to go to a show, or you don't have to go to that person. I'm fortunate enough to live an hour and a half from hour and fifteen minutes from Paul Dobbins. Yeah. So if I need something that Paul's got, and I'm going through the area, I call him up and stop and get it. Yep. Um, uh, but then you get into everybody in North Carolina uses a lot of Paul's stuff because he's located mm-hmm. there. Maybe you want something different. Maybe you want a Dunlaps or maybe you want a, a bearded man stuff, you yeah. know, or whatever it may be. So it's definitely uh, the shows you can get you a variety and yeah. and try them out for yourself. Do not rely on somebody else telling you that this doesn't work. Because yeah. like you said, if they don't like that person, guess what review you're getting? They, it, ain't, it don't work. No. Even though it might. And, um, uh, it's and it's nice, like uh, you know, we talk about Paul. He's such a nice guy. Oh yeah, you know, and absolutely. He's got that skeeter pee, and he keeps coming over, giving <laughs> it to Sarah all weekend. <laughs> We've been trying to buy that skeeter pee for five or six years now. Every convention, everywhere we go, it's like Paul, what would it take to get me a, a a bottle of that skeeter pee? It's not for sale. It's not for sale, and he's stuck to his word on that. It's not for sale. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the reason why we come to conventions, so we can always try some every time we come. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never tried it before. Really? It's pretty good. No, he was over there giving her cup after cup, and <laughs> he even gave her the bottom of the bottle. You know, there, oh, was, really? there was like, I don't know, half a bottle left, and he came over and said, you want this? And then he had some uh, wine he made that he gave her. Oh, yeah. You know. it's, it's good. It's, All um, the years I've set up by Paul, you know. You never I, tried it? No, he never even offered. <laughs> well, it might be a reason. Yeah. Yo, I know the reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shit, since Sarah showed up, uh, even Newt Sterling will talk to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Newt. Newt's, a, Newt's an interesting fella. He's another one of them you'd like to sit and, and, and listen to. I used to sell turtles to him, and uh, a few times I went down there to his place uh, in North Carolina where he was at and, and just kind of sit and listen. You know, didn't eat anything or drop a few turtles off, but stay a, a few hours just to listen to some of the stories he tells and pick his brain. Yep. Um, and that's the good thing. You know, you want to go to these conventions and you get these good trappers drunk and start finding out all their secrets. Mm-hmm. That's that's the... They'll tell them all, then. <laughs> <laughs> you have to kind of weed your way through the bullshit a little <laughs> exactly, bit. But... <laughs> yeah. Try it all and figure out what, what was right and what wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's... It's definitely worth worth going and and learning. Everybody can learn. And um, so you do the live market, you know, and um, you know, trap beaver and the beaver prices are up. They uh, you also got what, what a game game bird farm. Or yeah, we uh, we sell quail, um, pheasant. I mean, bob, I bob white quail. Bob white quail. Don't do the pheasants anymore, but mm. um, we do the eggs and the adult birds in the fall. It's kind of give me something to do. I, I left the hardware store after 23 years uh, back in September. I had to have both feet on the ground running. Mm-hmm. had to have something to pay the bills because I'm not that good of a trapper to where I can catch enough to pay all my bills. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to uh, mm-hmm. I had to rely on something. The price has got to come up for anybody. <laughs> exactly. 
you know that's why i hang on to the live market as long as i can because the fur market I always seem to lose on um but this year hopefully it, it spins around and i get on the lucky side one time and, but yeah it's the bird stuff is kind of a i don't say it's a back burner because it, it is a, a good source of my income but mm -hmm. it it definitely I try to automate everything so I can spend as much time in the woods as possible. Where do you sell? Like, do you ship out like all over the United States? Yes, we sh we ship uh, not the birds but the eggs. The mm -hmm. postal service is terrible about keeping the bird alive for you. Mm -hmm. uh, when it's one day shipping, it turns into three day shipping. And mm -hmm. what do you guys you guys have a website for that? We do. It's bryantgamebirdfarm.com. dot com. Um, uh, you know, my information's on there. They can call me. I ship eggs all across the country. I've shipped to uh, three foreign countries. Huh. Um, so that's usually the best way to get eggs. Uh, hatch rate is not as good if, if you bought them in person, but, mm -hmm. but still it's better than trucking them from here to California. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, it's just part of the income, part of the thing, but the trapping is the passion. Mm -hmm. Uh, hopefully one day I'll, I'll get to the point that trapping can pay the bills. I mean, it does good, but mm -hmm. you still have to have something. And then you do turtle trapping during the summertime. Turtles during the summer. Um. They'll go into, a lot of people don't believe it, they'll go into a summer hibernation in about July when the water temperature hits about 80 degrees, and they just don't move much, yep. and, and they won't feed much, so it's harder to catch them. It's kind of like... Just like beaver. It's like beaver, you know, the later the season, the the hotter it gets, um, the more gas you spend to catch the same amount of animals, so you have to weigh those options. Is it worth me going out there and doing yep. it? North Carolina, we've got a limit, so we've only allowed so many turtles, and I try to keep 30-plus pounders. I don't... I don't want to keep anything under that because mm -hmm. if I can only keep 100 turtles, 100 turtles at 30 pounds is a whole lot better than 100 turtles at 15 pounds. The, uh, do you have alligator snappers there? We don't. Um, there's been a few reported cases in the very southern part of the state mm -hmm. uh, towards the Georgia-South Carolina line, uh, but I don't know if they were even confirmed. I just know people talking mm -hmm. about, oh, I've seen an alligator snapper down there, but um, have to go a little further south. We do have some soft-shell turtles. Mm -hmm. um, they're in the rivers in the more southwestern part of the state and the southeastern a little bit being from Mi michigan we are not having them where i'm from uh them soft shell turtles them, them some bitches can they can really move oh yes people think a turtle's slow and you no, some that, of those species are yeah because they're like down and they pop up and they they got like legs <laughs> like uh you know it's like they're running like, downhill yeah, on the yeah. slide the whole time like we we caught one down there and it uh had a two holes in it where alligator had bit it on the back of the shell mm -hmm. yeah the alligators are a problem in the southeastern part of our state um, especially with the turtle trap and i haven't ran into it i don't go far enough south during the winter to really get into the alligators uh beaver trapping because you have to get really far south to get the water temperature up in mm -hmm. january but um turtle trapping down uh down east and it, it can get rough, especially on the uh, east coast, southern east coast. Um, it can get rough because I've had several traps tore up. I've caught alligators. I've had to release them. Uh, I don't want my equipment messed up, so I try to stay away yeah. from them. Yeah, because <laughs> what you're using for bait for the turtles is definitely <laughs> interesting to the alligator. Exactly. Exactly. They they like uh, they like meat, too. So, yeah. you know, whether it be fish or whatever you're using, it, it definitely attracts the alligator. And he don't care whether it's underwater or above water. He's... Mm. It's his. Yeah, <laughs> that trap ain't yep. stopping him. No. Um, yeah, yeah. When we caught that one down to Louisiana, yeah, we didn't have no experience with alligators. You know, me and Haggerty, 
and you know you laugh about it but like we're talking when we go up there because we knew we got it it's on game camera you know mm-hmm. and so you know we know we got it get down there and i'm like you know jip i don't know nothing about it <laughs> i said uh you know i don't know are there are there claws like razor sharp they're pretty sharp you know um you know so you got to be careful where you grab them you know it's like releasing a bobcat if you do nothing about bobcats if they had claws on the back feet it would cause a problem so i'm you know, we're trying to eliminate this, uh, uh, you exactly. know, basically, uh, you know, going to Vicksburg for the emergency room, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it went smoother, but I I think I would have had a hell of a time releasing, like, that alligator, you know, by myself. Myself, yeah. Because they're so damn long. Yeah, and they're and, strong. You and, don't realize how strong uh, them little jokers are. When he pulled away, he, he was out of the trap, knew he could go, and he just pulled go. right out of her hand, but... I thought that they would have like a slimy feel to them, but no, they don't. It's, it's like rough, yeah, like it's, leather. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's just like boot leather. Yeah, yeah. They um, I had the opportunity to go down to South Carolina, and we drew a permit for them last year before last, and um, went down and were able to kill one. And we caught a couple that were too small. Once we got them to the boat, and I like a dummy i we were in shallow water i was coasting over top of one i was looking over the boat with a spotlight down in the water i'm like there's an alligator right there and this thing's like four foot long i'm like i'm gonna grab it okay <laughs> so i plunge off both hands down in and grab this thing behind the head and pin it to the ground i didn't realize how strong they were because mm-hmm. this thing gets to twisting under the water and i'm like <laughs> oh shit uh, the, predator, I'm the predator just became the prey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fixing to get bit, you know. Y'all, y'all help me out here. So I was like having somebody grab my shoulders and help pull me up because I was all my strength was trying to hold this alligator to the ground. And uh, we finally got him up and got him in the boat. And it took four-foot alligator. It took two of us holding this thing to try to keep it still. And it was still twisting in our arms pretty good. And they were like, well, well just hold its mouth. Just hold it. Yeah, man, I ain't, I ain't worried about that. I said, he's a lot stronger than me. He goes to twist, and he's coming out of my hands. <laughs> I said, and the first thing he's going to get in my thigh or my arm or something. Uh, so definitely you have to respect them. Uh, I, I pull them up in the boat in the turtle traps all the time, but they're in a turtle trap. Uh, I'm, I've had a instance where I had one in the boat, and it decided, I thought it was almost dead, and uh, it decided it, it was ready to go. And When it left, it knocked me in the back of the boat, threw my phone over <laughs> out in the water, and... <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. So three-hour drive home and no telephone, no directions. You don't realize how much you use directions on your phone yeah. until uh, until you don't have them anymore. Yeah, every time we come to one of these conventions, I'm always telling Sarah, thank God for GPS. Exactly. Yeah, because if you relied to the directions that they always put on the convention post, uh, do this and do that, you'd never get there. No. <laughs> they, uh, funny, when imagine talking about directions we used to go down to like you know alabama or georgia you know beaver trapping and you know land trapping and the directions used to i'm sure it's different now because like louisiana they don't do that but we go and uh they say well you go up here to the big rock you take a left <laughs> and then you go up here to the white church and they ain't talking about the color of the church <laughs> and then you take a left and you go to the black church and take a right yeah that's, that's, unfortunately there's a lot of there's a lot of comp, uh, a lot of places out there that are still like that uh and and they uh they definitely well my my dad first went down there he it was in the 60s and they had hadn't got over the civil war yet i mean so they, they tell him go home yankee <laughs> oh my gracious yeah it uh it, it's amazing how some parts of the country just 
are still set back in time. I noticed that in South Dakota, you go out there and you just walk up to somebody's door and knock on the door and ask them for permission. And most of the time, if nobody's already trapped in there, they'll say, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Kill the coyotes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that in the East. You go in the East, there's the, the land blocks are so small and it's just a different way of life depending mm -hmm. on where you go. I mean, some states still use tooth traps. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, our state, you can't. It just depends on where you're at, on what you can use. Uh, Can I have your attention, please? We oh. have some extra activities going on. Shit, they were announcing. We I was hoping they were going to say they found a bag of money. I was going to go down there and tell them what was mine. <laughs> yes, it's been a great show. I've had, I've enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't here but two days, but a lot of people here. Uh, I'm not used to this with a local association or state association. Well, Harold's going to have to up his game. <laughs> Harold's a good dude. He does a lot for our association. And, yeah, he, he does. He, I see him all the time. He, anybody that listened about trapping, Harold will talk to him. Yeah, exactly. And, and Harold doesn't care if they're not interested. <laughs> Thank you. you you will bend or I won't stop talking. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Uh, Harold, um, like I said, we've I've known him for a few years. I've only been involved in our state association for, uh, sadly to say, but a, a handful of years. I've went to him in years past. Depends on who was there. Um, but I've started going pretty religiously the last four or five, and uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll continue. Lord willing, she's back. You know, troublemakers Creep, creeping back. around. Are y'all still on the TR? We yeah. are. We are. Yep. Mrs. Rich Fowler's was just telling me about her horn honking. Yeah, <laughs> we got that on there. Yeah, we got that on there, and I said Rich Fowler's wife is unable to shut off the the horn. Yeah. She said nah. she had to crawl over the I, seats. I gave play-by-play -play of everything. <laughs> yes, it did. We should I have said, videoed it. I said, now she's over there, got her her, her face in her hands. She I said, now, now she can't seat. hardly open the door. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. it was a play-by-play. -play. Yeah, okay. I told, I, I told Tommy we should be recording this. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been comical. But. Yeah, because she couldn't shut it off. I mean, no. the audience has already heard yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for presentation yeah. of crawling across that center seat, she did pretty good, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she could be like a jump uh, Olympic uh, pole vault. Yeah. <laughs> she was very agile. Yeah. Rich, <laughs> we'll say Rich, that. Rich is a lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, well, anyways, we're, we're at our time. <laughs> but, uh. You got anything you want to... No, um, I appreciate you having me. Like I said, just go out there and enjoy it. Learn up as much as you can. Soak up all the information. It's out there. Everybody's wanting to give it away or sell it to you. or However you get it, it doesn't matter. No, no, it's only money. Some people are too proud to go to school, so I'm not. I'll yeah. go to everyone in the country if I could yeah. afford it. Yeah. Or it didn't overlap with something else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you want to come up and hang out with, uh, you know, Tommy and Chappie and me and Sarah and Wendy and uh, Haggerty will be there. Um, you know, Chappie's putting on a school. He asked us if we want to come on and be involved. Um, you know, Chappie's in charge. You, you, you know, just look up Elite Trapping School uh, on Facebook and, you know, you can get signed up and 
Yeah. It's gonna be a good time. You're talking yeah. about laughs. We're gonna we're gonna have a few of them. Yeah. Hopefully, they're all at somebody other than me. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. How we were gonna do this interview is have uh, Haggerty call Tommy and uh, say, you know, he's the interpreter on this whole deal. But, but, well, anyways, thanks a lot for doing it. And I appreciate it. We'll, we'll do another one when we get up there with all of us up to the school. All right, that'll work.